So we are going to continue with text number 70. God in our conscience knows our secrets. Let them correct us. Okay. See, it's 79, 78. So add 78. Okay, okay. He who toils unwillingly grows poor in every way, while he who presses ahead in hope is doubly rich. Yeah. Well, um, it seems that, and, and it is even like divided, I didn't mark this here, that is 70 and... 70A. 70A, that it seems like there are like two texts and... Uh, Seems that he puts together uh, two different uh, advices or wisdoms, but well, the reason why the, he puts together, and even in Philokoye we have this some kind of tie, is that um, they are tied together in some way. In the first part, that God and our conscience they they knew our um, secrets. And uh, this is something what uh, we can experience that uh, our conscience and God himself, uh, they show us different areas in our soul which are under, under uh, rule of sin. And if we want to listen to this voice, if we don't dismiss that, um, it it might lead us to correction, uh, very fast correction, and uh, it would be not wise to uh, put obstacles to this voice, inner voice. We can we can hear. Remember challenge I gave you yesterday. Mm-hmm that to choose some kind of small area for the great, for the this nativity fast and to work on this. Or if you cannot find, so choose to be merciful. And I got really nice comment on this. Um, uh, somebody told me that, well, you know, I'm going to choose my own because he already think, thought that if he choose to be merciful, he would find more things to correct. <laughs> I said, you are so right, you know. You are so right. And uh, it was like attempt to make a joke, but this is this is true. And uh, what I mean is that that uh, it is very easy. It's very easy to recognize this voice. God's voice or voice of our conscience, sometimes the same thing in us. And it is all, uh, the more clear we, we hear that and recognize that when we are trying to follow commandments. You know, when we read gospel and we, as we heard from Rianchino, we were talking about that, that he says that whole gospel is Christ's commandment. So as it was written there, we should take as a command to act upon that. And so when we start to do this, it's really not easy to follow. And and we can find why not. You know, very, very easy. I think I touched it yesterday a little bit too. That that we suddenly we can recognize very clearly barriers which um, cause that we are not able to fulfill in fullness the commandment. And we can uh, find that these inclinations to evil in various kinds, you know, uh, are a problem, are obstacle. And, uh, and, and, and yes, it, for example, to be merciful towards somebody who really hurt me in past. It takes time, sometimes long time to 
to come to this uh, mercy in heart over uh, upon that person. And through this process, I am learning a lot of uh, myself. So it is, it is, it is very, very wise to try to be open to this voice, with not, not as not, and not to be scared, not to try to run away, just to to be thankful for that. Even it is not pleasant to hear, to to know the truth about myself, but always when I realize. Uh, <laughs> Always, when when I realize that that something is wrong, it it is ch- ch- chance from God, which is given to me to correct my life, and it's done from love because He wishes my salvation. I was laughing a little bit because. Uh, um, I recall one man who was saying, uh, he was telling me that he adjusted just prayer, and uh, and he prayed this way that, you know, because this prayer was not helping me. I adjusted to it was not tough, so I I started to pray in this way: O oh Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Her mercy on your pig. He compared himself to pig, to swine. And he said, I, he said, this works, you know, because it puts me to correct place and and this, this prayer is really tougher. I said, well, don't spread it. I told him, don't spread it. You know, if it works for you, it works for you. But well, <coughs> I would not teach others to do this, this the same thing. And he said, well, he learned that this was prayer which used to use Saint Seraphim Sarah. I said, oh, okay, <laughs> even that, don't teach others <laughs> to say this. <coughs> but but what, why he did that, he wanted to stay, Who he wanted to raise this attentiveness towards those things which are in him, to humble himself in front of God more. And uh, and, it, and he said, well, it gives him challenge, you know. Can he, if he uh, compare himself to, compares himself to big swine? It's, uh, it was a realization what these bad inclinations or passions cause in his life. And this is very important because uh, obedience to a voice which we hear through our conscience um, might be very, very hard um, because we can try uh, to follow that but not with big willingness more we feel that we are forced and we do it like uh, as something not pleasant not good for us but this reminder uh, when we remind ourselves and he did that uh, our poor state who wants to stay in poor state of soul you know that so so when we remind ourselves that where we are that and where we can be, where God calls us, so then it increases this ability or a soul to be more thirsty for those steps which can correct our our life. Uh, but uh, Mark says that if we do this with... Uh, with uh, joy and with uh, this gratitude in heart, he says that uh, he is double rich. That it brings like really a lot of blessing to his soul. So both of both of texts are very very useful for our spiritual life because 
we many times we know what is right, what is correct, but we need this find these skills which would help us to follow those good things we know. And those texts are they offer good help. Comments or questions? All right, let's go to next. Man acts so far as he can in accordance with his own wishes, but God decides the outcome in accordance with justice. This is not easy text because the mark reminds us the reality of judgment, God judgment, and there is no human being who would escape? Everybody will go there. Everybody will stand in front of our Lord and Savior. And uh, probably it will be very horrifying to be there because many times we live in. In, in some kind of illusions that, okay, I did something good. But was it good? According to our judgment, it was good. Even we had good decision, uh, did good uh, intention. But we didn't think through all things. So somehow we, our mind was uh, was like in, imprisoned with the thought and we didn't go through all all uh, uh, aspects of that we, we didn't judge it and then in the end the result will be not not really good but I think that I think that the thought about judgment is very important, and we should return very often to these words which we said or our parents said instead of us uh, during baptism or during this first part during exorcism when we uh, uh, what is the word for that denounced we're not Satan. Yet Satan, and we promise our obedience to Christ, to life in Christ. We, in this act, we said no to Satan and all his uh, offers, and we said yes to Christ, and we promised to keep his law. He gave us, may we are able to reach salvation and I think that that promise uh, will be tested at the uh, during that judgment in front of Christ because if we if we really we can go through many things and to wonder if it's good or bad but actually we can narrow everything to these two things. Did I renounce Satan? Did I live with Christ in Christ? Did I keep his commandments? And under all our activity can go only under those two questions. And this is what we should remind ourselves very often because What we promise there during baptism, actually I would say that that we are going to live life which will please God in everything. And, and many times, you know, that, that we think that this will this is pleasing God, but is it? So this is very important, like what we are doing here, that we are trying to 
think about words of these saints and through this many things are uncovered maybe are even our false understandings or there is a collection of these understandings or uh, or deeper understanding and if we go through so then i then then we realize that there were many moments when we didn't live God's pleasing life, even we thought that we were. And I think that if we start to meditate over that and to remind ourselves this, this promises we gave during baptism, so it would be very beneficial for us because it caused trembling. And especially, especially it is uh, for those who have children. Uh, I think that if this is even more trembling because if we made this promise in uh, in the name of our children, so while God asks, God will ask us, "Okay, you promised that," and because your child was baby during baptism. You took responsibility to form this your baby in the way that the baby in one moment in life makes like this own free decision to live this God's pleasing life. If you didn't bring your child to this point, so there is a why we are raising we need to make repentance. I think that each person, each parent has to make repentance because I think that there is always something we failed in this form formation and uh, in we should make repentance for those things which uh, we neglected sometimes without intention, without, uh, sometimes because of ignorance. But well, that ignorance means that I didn't go deeper myself to this knowledge of God. Um, I make a note of Tichon of Zadon. He was uh, one of these bishops who wrote a lot of very good. Uh, works on which came out from this patristic tradition and he said to parents that beloved parents you and your children approach Christ's judgment and Christ will not ask you if you taught your children art or foreign language but he will ask you and will test it if you taught them how to live a Christian life. And uh, this is true. I, I, I think that nobody can, uh, everybody understands that. But it should lead us to really look how we were doing that. And, and again, I, I, if, if, you, if you ask each Christian parent that, did you try to, to form from your child, child uh, Christian? Everybody would say yes, I tried. The problem is that we tried in the measure of our knowledge of Christian life. Now, it, as I said again, I'm going to repeat that to be clear that for sure some things will be taken into consideration, but if I did nothing to 
increased knowledge of Christian life, if not for my salvation, but to to with the desire to to do the best job in raising children. I, I if I didn't study what how I am supposed to and, and to depth how I'm supposed to teach my children, so then uh, I will, will be fine guilty. Yeah. And this is a big problem. I don't know really, maybe it's, I don't have a very common experience here, but uh, in Slovakia there was like a lot of parents who um, somehow approached that, these younger parents who approached that formation like, okay, baptism, sure, it has to be. And then first communion should be, you know, and uh, then, okay, marriage in the church. And if they reach those three things, they made, okay, I did well. Yeah, I gave everything to my child. And uh, it was very difficult to change this mindset. There's so much that you can raise your children and show them a good example of how to live a Catholic life or a Christian life. And then when they get into school, they learn so many other things <coughs> that it, it sounds like the parents don't know anything. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that, you know, because um, I tell you this, that if, for sure, influence of outside world has impact on soul, but it cannot, uh, but doesn't have this impact to turn somebody from the faith, if that person was raised well. And I tell you why I'm saying that. Uh, when I was, and not only I, Marcelka, and all our generation, when we were three years old, we went to kindergarten for three years. Then eight years of elementary school, and then four years of high school, and then college. All this process, if, if you count this, it is 12, 15 years. All this process was soaked with communist ideology. Soaked. I remember one, we had, we had to go through not only subjects, it is like one of uh, subjects was, was, was like uh, civil, um, to be how to be good citizen. Actually, it was communist propaganda there, formation. And it is one of these subjects. It was a young teacher, refreshing. I of course have problem a little bit. She was. She had to teach what she had. And she said, "Well, nobody who believes in God should have access to higher education." So I raised my hand, I asked it, so it means if I believe in God, I cannot go to university. And she was like, <laughs> fighting me inside her cell. She said, no. So I stopped torturing her. I said, okay, so I sit down. <laughs> you know, but uh, she appreciated that. <laughs> so I didn't continue. But well, It's not just what they learn in school, it's what the other people around them. I talked to a young man that he and his girlfriend were living together. And I said, uh, well, when's the wedding? <laughs> and they didn't say that they were going to even get married. But I said, when's the wedding? He goes, nobody does that anymore. And they were both Catholic people. Can, can I make a comment? Well, one thing is, what was the influence? There were Catholic people, and they have this mindset. So whose fault is it? No, 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 no. Parents. 
you know what you how you are raised home you become immune to this in some point I, I do say for example in these big things you are immune I think that there is small things you know like to uh, passion okay I want to be do competition so it's pride or vainglory or something but in big basic things big things you are things strong because if you are raised to a fear of God and to keep the commandments so so then you cannot I, I look I if if you agree that so there was some kind of problem which was caused in home information because yes that outside world can have influence and there are rare problems if somebody falls to drugs and then these drugs cause that this clarity of mind and it goes the wrong way yes there are these rare exceptions but in normal way it is not so it is it is something and look one thing talking about that I, I was uh, somebody these elections we had it was the voting and uh, I met several people who were so, so upset that it we lost you know pro-life lost and I said my answer was I expected that I expected that and I caused a little bit not happy uh, not happy reaction that how it is and I said what how can you expect to win if you don't live that okay now one thing is we, this is something I will return back to what Bishop who ordained me he told us about this area and he said, if, he said, if you want to fight against abortion, pay attention to parents who are raising children. You know, because it's too late then to fight against this. He was not again. Well, he was against this. Don't think wrong, but he had this wisdom to see that this problem is much deeper. Now. Guess how many percent of women who are entering to marriage are virgins? I don't know why I didn't virgins. Oh, what percentage? Just guess. Two percent. You are two. No, it's not so bad. <laughs> it's not so Three percent. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And how many, three percent, how many of Catholic women enter marriage as a virgins. This is like whole population now. There was research, you can Google it. Oh, no, no, no. 5%. Who are entering as a virgins? 20%. So, so there is a higher in among Catholics. I would I was searching what about men, but I didn't find an answer for that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, I, I was just curious. So, okay, let's go back to this whole population. If you are only 3% of whole people, based on this research, 3% who try to keep purity up to marriage, so you have 97% who don't believe in that. And what is abortion? It is a result of life lived in impurity <coughs> with our responsibility, without desire to create family, without love for family. You know? It is, it is, this is like, result of hedonistic way of life 
a life which only hunts for pleasure. So, and, and what we want to do, we want to give law that, okay, you cannot. Now, nobody cares if somebody is, is like a slave of these pleasures. How can, so, so this is like not acceptable. Well, okay, it's not problem. Problem, nothing is sin according to the world. Okay, now, I'm just saying that how it is possible, and I now leave this 3% for whole population, but 60% of Catholic population, 60% don't enter to marriage in purity. So I am asking what the parents did. How did they raise their daughters? You know? And this is not in hands of society. You have your child in your hands. You have your child and it is your responsibility to raise them. You said, well, schools, if school is bad, take it out from the school. Make sacrifice. Teach child home. Nice for another school. Well, that's what people are doing now. There's more homeschooling people. Sure, sure. Vice, vice parents, they are searching for, for... But, well, even those... I Look, I, I just don't want to make like this that everybody should homeschool because there is some... It is impossible, there are not abilities to do this or qualities, but well, still, you can, you can, uh, you can uh, form your child in that way, the child even in hostile environment keeps on values. And, and this is possible, we, as I said, we experienced that. Until we were 23, we lived in an environment when everything was hostile against church. Everything. And you'd be very careful how to live, and, but nobody went it. I remember that when we were like feast day of, uh, of the, this daughter of Philia, daughter of our parish and where Marzica lived, and during like summertime, you had to have liturgy at six a.m. morning because it was harvest so people should go work on fields so you should not have uh, like in regular regular time uh, liturgy so my father he was always some kind of like different he said <laughs> and he set up like liturgy normal time and church was fulfilled and for sure the secret police came such to investigate how there I said I can. I don't work on fields. I can have a little when I want, but people came. They knew about that. They came. What can I do? Go to people. Tell them, you know, quarrel with them. So they let him be. But, but, you know, despite that, they they knew what is right, and they people followed that. And you can have whatever, like, uh, influence. If you know what you believe in, you do this. Patrick? Well, did you have something? That thing you're talking about, though, when it comes to these like, outside things that people, friends, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, you hang around the wrong people, you are forced to because you go to school with them, you talk to them every day, all these things. But it takes a conscious effort to do it. Right. It takes a conscious effort to deny God. It's not something that you just... And the parent's responsibility is to tell them. No, and not only tell them, but show them. Yeah. It's... Yeah. It, it's if I see... It's not just my dad telling me don't do this. It's him showing me 
this is how it is through his own life. That, I'm confident that this would never happen if you, that was a spiritual Saint formation. St. Francis says, preach always, but use words when necessary. Yeah. Well, you need to use words. <laughs> yeah. It's like Franciscans, they have this story. When it's no. necessary, yeah. So, if you have to show with your life how they should be living, you have to show them with your life. Like you just, that's what you just No, said. no, 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 no. You, the will of parent is the law for children. So you should not just, okay, I am showing good example so my child will follow me. No. You have to give them firm rules. Of course, of course, of course, yeah. But that's necessary. Yeah. So, I've seen a lot of parents who raise their children Catholic, but what, what he was saying about showing, they drag their children to church, and just it, and it's a miserable experience for the kids. Mm -hmm. um, they don't pray at home. They they do what's they maybe even send them to a Catholic school, but they don't show enthusiasm for the faith. They don't show a devotion to the faith. My father went to mass every single day, you know, and and. <clears throat> I thought he went to so many First Fridays, I thought he was going to be assumed into heaven. He just, you know, if you have a peaceful death with nine, he was, you know, he, he went to, and all of our, I mean, my brothers and sisters have gone, you know, had, had journeys in their faith, but they're all in the church now, and they're all, you know, their children are, are active in the church, and, and um, so it, it, it's more than just taking them to church. It's more than, I, I know some, some kids that, I've seen parents bringing kids to church and they're so mean to their kids at church. I, I, I know that that child, as soon as they have any independence, they're gonna run, yeah. they're gonna run because yeah. church is a miserable experience for them. Um, you know, my parents always had us up in the front row every week because there was no distractions. We were in the front row and we didn't cause distractions because that wasn't allowed, but we were in the front row so we could see everything, you know, mm -hmm. and it was part of, it was part of who we are. Yeah. I want to look at Jean now. Hi, Jean. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah. Are you listening? Good. You are doing very well. Thank you. you know, this is, when I look at her, it really recalled some memories. And when I look at her and she was kneeling and listening what do you think how many how much is she able to understand the fullness now maybe not really a lot of but she knows and her attention means that she knows that this is something very serious and this is something that is very important part in uh, in raising of children to let children be present during our discussions with parents. Um, I, I was using very often that, that I remember when I was in second parish, very early, first or second year, I was like three years, three and a half probably at the time, first year probably. And we had seminarian there and uh, he came every evening to rectory. And is we had this L-shaped couch, so we sat like close to this L, this angle. I mean, I was in this angle, and he was something asking, and I was explaining him, and we were talking very like deeply in the, and suddenly I looked at Miron, and he was like sitting like with some movement and open eyes, and I knew that he, he is listening. All right, it was at that moment I, I couldn't help myself. I started to laugh because I said, well, this poor little guy, you probably not understand nothing what you're talking about, but he was listening. And, uh, and this picture and then others, it stayed in my mind, and I think that this is, this is a very important 
thing, you know, that, uh, and this is why, and we talk home about this a lot of, and this is why Miron has this podcast, like, from kitchen table discussions, they, they talk with Sarah about St. and Recluse, some got their, their things, and, and I think this is what is very important part in uh, our families, to talk about faith, about spiritual life, at the kitchen table, and let children to listen. You, you, it's not, it's not important only to give good example. It, it is important to, for children to understand why uh, I'm doing those good things. What is the reason for that? And what kind of spiritual laws I follow? Why would I expect? And, and, and we should not be, and it should not be like this form, it shouldn't be this form of teaching. The child should learn from our discussion we have as parents. If husband and wife, if they don't talk about their faith, about spiritual life, a home, and if they don't share two things, home above it. So they're missing very important formation tool, which forms their children very well, because then children understand why it is important for their parents, and they see how this knowledge forms their lives. And they are like a sponge, they take it inside, even Sometimes they don't fully understand that. But uh, thank you, Jean. You reminded me something good to sell. So when I was in college, one of my classmates, his sister and nephew came to church. And as soon as, there weren't a lot of people in the chapel for this liturgy. And um, she, I was nearby. And as soon as we knelt down, the little boy looked at mommy and said, now mommy, now? And a little bit later, she goes, now, he says, now, mommy, now? She says, no, not yet. And the minute the priest lifted the host and the chalice, he said, now, mommy? She said, now. And he goes, Jesus. <laughs> so I learned two things. One, where did he get that from? He got it from his parents, right? He got that understanding. He was like three or four. He got that understanding that this is miraculous. He got it from his parents. And then the second thing I learned is, how come I don't feel that way the minute the consecration is done? How come I don't have that same joy like I did at my first communion? It really humbles me when I, when I think of that young boy. But what a job those parents did hmm. to, you know, to, when we were kids, we played at Mass. You know, our, we all played at Mass. And, you know, we, I remember uh, uh, Jeremy used to go up on the altar and swing his sensor around when he was little. So, you know, yeah. it was, it was, and he's on the altar every time we have liturgy, he's on the altar. Because his dad's there too. So, what about grandkids? If your kids are gone away from the faith, and your grandkids, and you have your grandkids with you like on weekends or stuff like that, and they are, want to. I they mean, want? They want to go to church, and they want to learn. So, I mean, we take them with us, but sure. I mean, how, how far can we go being the grandparents, not their parents, without? You, do, you have to do maximum and beyond the maximum. Okay. You have to become artists because through this you are taking repentance for things you neglected. Right. Okay. You know. Well, everything in uh, some kind of court measure. Right. But this this understanding, okay, in his grandparents, that gives me opportunity to repent for mistake I made. Okay. You know. And actually, look. It's not perfect raising of children. You cannot find perfect because even you try very hard when you are getting older, uh, you can recognize in your child some kind of passions, 
and you said, well, it was always in this, my child. I saw it before, but I did nothing with that. Now it's relatively too late for me to right. know it's the person. And we can find many other things that we said, well, we could, we neglected this or this. So this is why we should always make repentance. As a parent who are parents, uh, this, uh, and especially this reminder of uh, Christ's judgment, I think that we would not make mistake if we repent for all mistakes we made in raising our children. And I would say uh, it is like twofold, you know, thing, this repentance. One, this part is that we are what we caused, what we neglected. And the second part, the repentance we should bring for our parents, for everything where they neglected. You know, to, to really beg God for forgiveness, for healing, for fixing things. And this repentance can have many forms, you know, that sometimes happens that the activity of our children might hurt us, you know, and uh, sometimes, many times, it can cause uh, difficulties in lives and tensions family. But we should, for example, take this with patience, even if for to bring it as a, our repentance for for uh, things we neglected. Or <sighs> pilgrimages are good places. And, and it's amazing because, well, now I, I can, uh, I still can remember this generation, my grandparents. And when we, uh, when we were listening to confessions, you know, like, on the pilgrimage places, it was like non-stop, this marathon. Uh, it's like never-ending line of people. And it was really, you, you went to that service, no questions, and this feeling that I'm going to die today. <laughs> so many, but but there was a lot of inspirations there. That I remember one old lady. She said she was probably ninety, but well, very walking very slowly. I thought, how this lady came on this hill where it was the chapel? So it's like almost like mile and a half walking there. I said, I said, I would never, in her age, you know, I would never <laughs> do this. So I asked her then, after confession, I asked her that, well, you know, it's like sacrifice, you, you brought it, you came here. And she said, I have to do repentance from all my kids. And you know, like, you say, all right. This, this was like something, this is why I am many times reminding that because at that time it was like hit, you know, that with like, like imprint in my soul that well, they said, if she does that, so you should do, do the same thing, you know. And some ladies, there were uh, another case, you know, what with all the ladies was that she told me that um, after confession, before confession, she told me, uh, I'm happy that I could get here, but well, actually I didn't worry too much because I gave my grandson money to buy a new car. My only condition was to give me right for this pilgrimage once per year. And I said, well, this is nice. I said, does he believe in God? And Well, he used not. But because he had to spend <laughs> like two days on this place, give me like these rights, you know. Something moved in him. And he said, a few years ago, after many years, he came to confession. So I said, 
is well spent money. <laughs> she told me. She was like a, a little bit a funny, funny lady. But look, she did it because of him and because of her. She wanted to come for, for pilgrimage and she had this hope that in this way she forces him to come and maybe to be touched. And if she had this intention, for, sh for sure she was praying for him there. And it worked. Well, at the time, I don't know the end of the story, but right. it was like a sign that it might be. I just wanted to say one more thing. I'm sorry, I don't mean to direct it on. But um, it's just, this ran across my mind. Simply love. Just being able to see if your parents the love they have for God, the love that they show for God, and the, the love that they have through, for each other through God, and even through your community. If your community is with God and shows that love for God, everything that might be show bodily pleasure, it does, it's not the same. It's not the same kind of love that you're sure. used to. So. Yes, be strict, be, have rules of this and that, but also show up in that. Well, I, can, I know how that can sound. I know how that can sound. Too sweet. You know, because uh, trust me that he, uh, to follow commandments, this love which we have, we own, we are able to, until we don't go through purification of our mind and heart, this love is too weak to move us to keep commandments. We have to violently force our will. And this is, this is not something what, nothing loving that is forcing and uh, look well I don't know home when we are going we with my brother we knew that there are some things we cannot negotiate yeah that's it you know Sunday is Sunday and how many times our friends went to this thermal spa to Hungary, which were caused by a lot of fun Sundays afternoon. Mm -mm. Sunday, Sunday, there are Vespers afternoon. You know, there's no time for spa. Yeah, but they're going to, to liturgy on Sunday, not because they have to, but because with love they want to. When they show that to their kids. I guess what I meant by saying that was not. I understand what you said. Not I, be soft. Yeah. Not be soft. Yeah. But I just needed to stress it this yes. way. <laughs> and to going to liturgy. From yeah. I need to tell you that there were several Sundays when I had to force myself to go to liturgy. <laughs> to, to do what, what is right. No, I no, I, I felt so horrible, and said that everything me was saying that no, no, there was. Well, if you tell me go to the church from because of love God, this would not help me. You know, I had to force myself. There is a law, responsibility. And uh, they say, and, and and the same thing it is, you know that, like even children, uh, there will be this time when they are small, they come with children, but there will even this process of growing up, there will be these moments when they had to, they will not do it from love, they will need to do it. 
because of respect to God, because of fear of God. I don't like this approach, you know, loving God. You know, how many people say I love God and they are liars? I am not saying that. St. John says this apostle. Because if you don't keep commandments, you don't love God. You know? So, from so it is uh, you can say some some kind of emotion of heart I go to the church, okay this works, but you know it is like if you spend like Saturday uh, doing all kinds of earthly things, not even thinking about God or whole week, and then you come one Sunday and you say I am com- coming because of love of God, you are liar. I don't think he meant the emotional love. I, I know. think, you know, but, but he's it talking could, agape. You know? it, and, could, and, it could be understood the wrong way. I, right. This is why I entered that yeah. to because make this clarification. Scripture also says God is love and he who abides in love abides in God. <laughs> who And who abides in God? Those who keep his commandments. I'm not, yeah, but that's love. And that's it all, yeah. Exactly. So one thing we have to be clear about that, don't uh, be to come to love to God, it's hard way and to love God, it's not a result of my effort. It is gift which comes from God to me when I am worthy of this gift, when I prepare myself for that. And this is why, why this, this keeping commandments is preparation of my heart for receiving of this gift. And we, we are getting this and losing this gift, and getting losing, but uh, our, our, uh, our intention should be to keep that gift like present, like all the time by, be faithful to commandments, to please God in everything. And, 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 we have to, I, I know that I'm stressing that too much, but we need to start talking like that. Because our society, our Christian society, is filled with this wrong understanding. And they, this real, of real love, they replace understanding of some kind of good feeling. And because of that, spiritual life is not working. You know, it, it doesn't work. So it is time for us to stand up and to talk real. Let's start to use the word love less. This is the beginning, you know, because we should not use this great gift God gives us, this ability to be in Him, to love Him, to have this... Um, union with him we should not the, uh, put this meaning of this word love on the very low place you know can I say something real quick from what you said is in the bible sometimes um, my interpretation if that is is that we are not worthy of God's love God will give us all of his love but we are not worthy of it until we like Father says, until we follow all of His commandments, and that's, even that's if, abiding in God, that's yes, abiding in yes, love. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And uh, this is true, but we have to know that there is on our side. It should be journey, and and it is journey towards receiving this love, this ability. That it is not this some kind of this warm, pleasant feeling, hard, and and some kind to uh, whatever it is, you know. Uh, consolation. Not consolation. It's like um, how it is used uh, by this law um, by by those who don't know him. You know, this like 
emotion which makes feel you well. For us Christians to love God is martyrdom. You know, and then then it will come this foretaste of heaven, blessedness. It comes, but until we are on this journey of purification of our mind, to love God means really suffer because we have to conquer ourselves. I'll make it real short. You had mentioned about child picking up on what we're talking about. All three of you mentioned about the father, you know, making a stand, teaching, being an example, no compromise on certain things. On a short little video, a priest mentions says, how on earth did you think that law was going to be beaten? Why did you think it was going to be beaten? What, what example was out there showing you that you were going to win, you were going to turn this over? And he says the average male in the house, whether it's brother, cousin, uncle, father, spends six to eight hours in front of the TV watching football on Sunday. He goes, the only chance you had of overturning that is if every single one of those males would have turned off the TV set and went and made a vigil for three, four hours, maybe the rest of the family would have come with them. They would have seen how important it was to take a stand. But they, had, they do not have the strength to turn off that television set and not watch their team that weekend. And then they want to complain about it not passing on Tuesday. Well, I don't do that. Okay.